This episode of the On The Radar Podcast is brought to you by Advanced Sportswear, the uniform for those who train. Since 2007, Advanced has equipped athletes with effective and comfortable clothing for both inside and outside of the gym. Whatever your look, they've got the style to help you take your title. Use the passcode ONTHERADAR, all caps, no spaces, and get 10% off your next order. AdvanceApparel.com, A-D. V-N-C-E apparel.com episode of the on the radar podcast this is the podcast that features music and artists and studio performances coming to through and from the greater midwestern areas my name is peapod back again at underhill recordings pat check is my producer uh for this episode very excited very happy for, so like proud of just like the guys and people that I've rubbed shoulders with uh, in my time and, and interacting with uh, bands and artists coming from the area for the past handful of years. I'm very excited for the newest In Vogue Records signing. This is Castle No Kings. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, first off, just congratulations. Well, just thank like, you. Thanks, bud. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's, 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 it makes me so, like, my heart is full seeing you guys and, and, and uh, you know, putting all the hard work and everything. And before we, do, like, dive into everything, take a moment, introduce yourselves. Tell us what you do in the band. Uh, I'm Seth. I'm the vocalist. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I'm Tim. I play guitar. Um, that's about it. <laughs> okay, well, I'll help Tim out with that. Um, I'm Seth. I'm the vocalist. Uh, He's properly Seth. Yeah, I'm properly Seth. Uh, Tim does a lot more than just play guitar in the band. He does a lot of work behind the scenes for us, so I'm not going to let him just scoot by with that. But um, I, I do the vocals, and that's it. Uh, I'm Rico, and I'm the stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sam Pachuto, and uh, I uh, hit circles with sticks. I play the drums, so yeah. I am Jacob Flores, and I play bass guitar for Castle. I just want to pause right there. Uh, actually, Nick Moore has formally named him Jumanji. Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Jumanji. Yeah. So that's that's Jacob's. Name. Let it be known, <laughs> for posterity's sake. Jumanji's here apparently. Uh, my name's Zach. I play guitar and I scream once or one once or twice in a while. He yells. He yells yeah, occasionally. His mom is very upset. I was like, "Why you gotta scream?" <laughs> Does your mom do that? Um, My mom does that when I play music in front of her. It's like, don't don't give me the, the yelling stuff. Mrs. Peapod, or Mama Peapod doesn't sound like that. So but. No, the, the heaviest music we listened to in our household was like Third Day. 
Oof. <laughs> like old third day. My, my mom's my mom always like, oh, that's so good. What were you saying? <laughs> See, I wasn't that's, allowed to uh, listen to Switchfoot because oh. on the beautiful letdown, there's a couple parts where like John For- John Foreman is that the vocalist name? He like shouts. My mom's like, I don't think that's very Christian of him. See, I'm the complete opposite. In my house, my dad was like, wow, that's not heavy enough. What are you doing? <laughs> that's awesome. No, I I feel that completely because I was I was I wasn't allowed to listen like I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. Or any of that until I was like maybe around sixth, seventh grade. And I'm 33, so like you can kind of kind of yeah. do the math uh, on that one. So I wasn't allowed to do a lot of that. Tim, Tim is uh, Tim is just yikes. Yeah. Do you, do you like listen to old punk at all? Uh, now I like, do you, as an adult. Are but... you familiar with like Iggy and the Stooges? Or yes. Like, yeah. That was I was like six or seven listening to that with my dad. That's rad. That's that, awesome. that was like what I grew up on. That's awesome. I had to like convince my mom that like certain bands were Christian or faith-based bands just to get them <laughs> past the front door. Like Dragon Force? Yeah, definitely a Christian band, Mom. The first, uh, the first album I was Smuggling. allowed... The first album I was, only, I was allowed to buy with my own money was Orgy's Candy Ass. <laughs> <laughs> Not shitting you. Uh, how, old, how old were you? God. Fuck. I want to say like 6th, 7th grade. Like, sick. like my parents, like I was, I was ashamed that my parents bought uh, Backstreet Boys' Black and Blue for me, that album, and Millennium. I had to hide that. I'm, I'm gonna out myself right now on the, on stuff hey, like dude, that. Embra- yeah. Embrace it. Yeah, Backstreet no, Boys for the win. No, yeah. I got the phrase debut album for my birthday, and my mom confiscated it. Oh my god. <laughs> the fray. The fray. <laughs> I'm learning so many new things about Zach to make fun of. <laughs> <later. laughs> Dude, I'm gonna like I'm gonna hide like Frey albums in your Dude, gear. I love tour. Frey. We're gonna hide. My them mom all finally over your was parents. like, "Okay, I guess you can listen to it. It's it sounds positive." She read the lyrics and she's like, "Okay, this is okay." <laughs> that's actually funny because like that's kind of like a good segue is that with with our music, that's kind of what we're going for, right? Is that we can be as heavy as we want, as light as we want. You know, we can do whatever, but we ultimately really want to create lyrics that everybody can really enjoy, or or engage with and engage in engage, yeah. without without you know worrying about um you know parental issues or their own like lifestyle issues and stuff or like how they go about their living if they're if they're christian if they're buddhist you know whatever they are it's it's like we call it like family friendly almost but you know still important and, and really severe topics that we like to Positive hardcore in a sense, but yes. they're not hardcore. But like right. I remember, oh, yeah, yeah. The, just like the aggressiveness. Like I've I've listened. Like uh, Tim got me into beer, being as an ocean, and that's like the biggest influence I could I can compare to Casanova Kings to is is that band. Like and and while there is like faith overtones uh, and stuff yeah. like that, even though if that's not your bag, I love the idea of just like super positive, you know, uh, great like discussion topics and 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 lyrics and even though it might sound aggressive like i i at my desk at work i have you know people come by and somebody came up to uh to my desk and, and like stopped because i was listening to something i forgot what i was but they're like i think it was like architects yeah and then i remember it's like architects i was playing and they're like that guy is yelling and i'm like yeah but it has <laughs> probably the best lyrics that i have heard you know this month for stuff like that and, and she's like how can you listen to that i'm like i don't know how can you listen to country music <laughs> just like 
Oh, I'm, man. You know, yeah. nothing against country music. At least, you know, modern country is just more or less pop with twangs yeah. and, and pickup trucks. But, you know, um, I like more of the outlaw country personally. But, you know, I, I like that idea. Right. And I think, I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, before we talk about, like, more of the, like, the back the back history of Castle Kings. I just kind of want to just jump in to this. So like days before you guys came in to record this uh, episode, you announced you got signed to in Vogue records, Mm -hmm. which is out of central Ohio. And that is a beautiful thing to see that. I mean, that name in Vogue records should not be unfamiliar to you. We recently had like boys of the fall. Um, uh, A lot of other acts have been signed to that. And the label, it's a great up and coming label out of Ohio. And what does that mean to you? Like, what is that feeling to like you? You've worked hard for these past few years about honing your craft. And all of a sudden you're still fresh out the gate and you're signed to a major record label. It, it's, it's crazy. We, we went to a show last night um, in Toledo and all of our friends were there. And we walked in, and it was like instantly. There was like 15, 20 kids that just stopped to like thank us. And when I was like trying to thank everybody, it just didn't seem real. Like I, I just stopped. I'm like, I was like, yeah, I'm smiling. Like I'm sorry, I'm not saying a lot, but I was like, I, we just haven't really digested it yet. It's, it's all new, and it's wild for me because you you brought up being as an ocean, mm-hmm. and and that was like their dear God album. That was, that was the first record I ever learned on guitar. Like Mm -hmm. when I, when I picked up a guitar, I had an acoustic. That's all I had. And I was learning like being as an ocean songs on my acoustic. So when, when everything started coming together with in Vogue, it was like, well, my favorite band was, was signed to in Vogue. Like right when I got into music, it's like, it's like a full circle. I didn't know that they were, they were signed to in Vogue. Their first three, their, their first three albums were, were all in Vogue. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was where I heard about in Vogue was being as an ocean. I yeah. distinctly remember the first time I heard that band. I remember where I was. I remember like crying cause I watched their audio tree session. Yeah. And I remember so it was, it was the title track, dear God. And I was sitting there sobbing. I'm like, dad, come watch this. It was intense. And that's man. like, I mean, that's that's a lot where the everything for this band comes from is, it. That's why we fit with. I feel like we fit so well with Invoke is because this band was almost birthed from, like, bands that were on that label. Like a lot yeah, of a lot, a lot of, of us, like emo sad bands, like like even Hotel Books. Like there mm-hmm. was a big there's a big movement where me and me and Tim and a couple of the guys in the band like really got into, um, some of the Hotel Books um, mm-hmm. earlier stuff and. Uh, his new stuff's great too, but uh, like that really kind of drew, we drew a lot of influence from that too. And like when it came to being as an ocean and uh, there's just a lot of bands that were, that were on that label and in that scene that we really, especially Tim, but yeah, me too. And, and Zach and, you know, it's just, it's, it's really cool. It is one of those things that when I'm, I was, I'm looking through our Facebook feed, I'm looking through our Twitter feed and our Instagram and our YouTube and, um, once it got announced and, you know, you, you expect to see all the people that, you know, commenting, Oh, congratulations, you know, and that's awesome. We love to see that. And I would not change that. I would not take, take that away for anything. But I think what was really cool was just seeing all these people was like, yeah, I'm from Germany or I'm from Florida and I don't know this band, but it's my new favorite song. Like I saw that a couple of times on, on Facebook. And for me, it's just so surreal because we we're all like, okay, that's like the big step for local bands is, you know, getting to the, to the signed stage is getting like, okay, it only, if, if we only just get signed, you know, that's what we're pushing for, you know, 
we'll tour to, and play in front of nobody just to show mm-hmm. that we can tour and yeah. we'll spend the money even though we don't have it just so people can notice it. And now that we're here, it's like, are we? Like, it, it, it feels so... It's is such, it, is so, it now it's like, very the, fast. Is it like the well, point now, like the real work is now well, we, starting to begin? Yeah, yeah but we, we had a three-year plan. We wanted to sign in three years from now. We literally sat down like a month before we reached out to Invoke. We had like a really like hard talk. We're like, okay, what do we want with this band? Like, where do we want to be at? And we're all like, yeah, I think in about like three years, if we're not like trying to get signed, that we should like start looking at our options. And then like a month later, we're signed to Invoke. And we're all just like, okay, well, throw away our three years of planning that we just did. Let's get to plan. work yeah. like now. Like you, you guys have only been together for what, like two years? Uh, well, that's a hard question. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Seth and I have been making music together. This year will be seven years. Oh wow! Um, and it started as just an acoustic act. Me and him and when we were in high school, and then uh, we we met Sam. Me when... Yeah. So Sam, we we uh, I actually went to a, a small community college in uh, Toledo mm-hmm. because I was going to go to Kent State originally for like music recording and such. Um, but it was really interesting because I went, it's the, it's going to sound so cheesy and dumb, but no, it's fine. I, I went to an American idol audition just to do it just for fun. Well, yeah, I was like, you know what? It, it was, it was like this, uh, it was one of the bus tours that they do and it was at Capitol university. Right. So I went down there and I stood in line with all these musicians and heard everybody singing and playing and just like all these good musicians. And I went up there and they didn't even bat an eye at me and told me to leave. <laughs> you wow. know, like, like I, I mean, I, I auditioned and they're like, yeah, that's a no. And they, there was no heart in it. And obviously they're going through so many people. But, um, at that point I was like, usually people be like, Oh, that's it. That was my chance. But for me, it was like, that was the beginning. I was like, you know, I, I'm around all these musicians. It was so cool to be around them. So I was like, I'm going to go to a local community college and that's, and see if I can find some musicians to, to play with, you know, me and Tim can get like a small acoustic group together and then we grabbed Sam and a couple other people who uh, decided to, you know, help us just like as a, mo- like a, it was like a temporary thing. It was just me and Tim were like, hey, can you just play these these instruments on this track? And we loved it so much that we were like, okay, never mind. You want to be in a band with us. <laughs> yeah. Was it me? Me and Seth had a, I, I met him, we had a MIDI sequencing class together. And we, <laughs> we, me and him were always like cracking jokes. And I was like, oh, this dude's pretty cool. And then uh, he, he uh, told me that him and Tim were uh, looking for a drummer and they wanted to jam sometime. We we jammed in the studio and we were all like really digging it, even though it was like really not like good. pop punk stuff that we would never we would never want to admit that we played back then or whatever. But uh, we, we were we were digging it at the time, and then it it, it eventually uh, came to be this, and I'm really thankful for that. And now they're signed. Take that, American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> Suck on that. <laughs> No, but, it, it was cool. Where then, was where was the line then? Uh, like, when did you decide that like you you don't want to make this as an acoustic project? You want to make this as the type of music that you you've been influenced Ooh, by? Uh, probably when Jake joined the band. Yeah. So when right before Jake joined, we were we were, we had wrote some songs together, and they were still like very like acoustic driven. Like they were rock. They were played on like full band sets, but we really hadn't like found our sound. And then we picked up Jake, and that's like when like it really started to click. And we wrote, um, I think, the first song off of our first EP, Ghost Town. Um, we wrote Ghost Town, and th- that was like right when we got Jake. And it was just like, wow, that felt really, really good. What else can we do? And we picked up uh, Ben Vasco from uh, Adoramus. He's from Toledo. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we picked him up, and that's when like the first EP was birthed, and it just all worked out and fit. And then uh, that's like that was the tipping point. Was that first song off the first EP? Mm-hmm. Blind EP was released uh, this month, actually, uh, two years ago. Yep. Yeah, it, it's crazy to think how long ago that was because, like, especially because. And no offense, Jake, but I just don't feel like he's been in the band that long. Like it's been three three years this month since I've been in. Wow, the band. Yeah. yeah, and that's just crazy to me because I I don't I don't remember three years passing of me knowing Jake, but I'm glad that has. But I'm just it's just one of the, and it just blows my mind because from a garage sale to this, it, it's just so crazy how things can happen and. Uh, Dude, I, I, Jake's in her band because of a garage sale. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I need more. I need more. Uh, Go ahead, Jake. His his uh his mom met my mom the garage sale. I don't know. You want to elaborate more? I my need more my mom more. has a tendency to drop whatever she is doing ever and go to every garage sale that's ever been <laughs> and uh she got off of work early one day and was heading into town and seen a garage sale sign and so she decided she'd stop in and it was at Sam's house and he was out there uh trying to uh trying to pedal uh, some songs that they had had put on a CD and stuff before I joined. And uh, she was like, oh, you guys just kind of like play music around here and stuff. Like, oh, my son like knows some local bands and stuff and he might like want it. So she was like, I'll buy one of these CDs for him and stuff like that. And uh, Sam goes, oh, well, does he play any instruments? Because we're trying to look, we're f- trying to look for a bass player right now. And, and my, my mom going, like, oh, yeah, like my son knows how to play everything. Like he's just he's just <laughs> wonderful. He just knows how to play whatever instruments. That's like, adorable. Yeah, everything. And I'm like, and, and then he, she's like, here's all of his information. Hit him up on Facebook and Instagram, whatever and stuff. And. I get off of work and she's like, oh yeah, I met this kid and I gave him all your information and then he's like <laughs> blown to my inbox and like, oh, hey, we got practice tonight if you want to show up and stuff. And this was like maybe less than a year after I picked up a bass guitar. Like I started on like, a, I started on like electric guitar. I took piano lessons like a long time ago and I dabbled with like drums, but I, bass guitar was like the newest thing that I had touched on. And so I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go and do this. Like I was like, I don't even know these people. I don't know anything about them. And, uh, I end up just picking up my cheap knockoff, uh, Fender P bass and headed over there for the practice. And they were just like, okay, like, you know how to hold a guitar. Like you need to, you need to be in our band. You know how to do this. Yeah. You're like, you need, you need to be in our band. Like I remember specifically, like they taught me like just the basic like root notes and I played along with them the first time, their first run through and Tim just stopped and he just looked, he hadn't said one word to me the whole time I was there. (laughs) Tim just looks right at me and he's like, you're in our band now. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, all right, I got nothing else going on. Like, sure. (laughs) Was just the idea of just, you know, Making that decision of making music, like scary one, is 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 just mind-boggling because like how I it, it puts you in such a vulnerable spot of like okay you know what I'm gonna pick up this instrument and then I'm going to attempt to learn it and then I'm going to attempt to play other songs and then I'm gonna learn how to do my own song and then I'm gonna you know form other people and like it just builds and builds and builds and snowballs yeah uh, into into something like this do you ever like just take a step back and just going what the fuck is yeah, going so on we were literally sitting at our we just got a new practice space which right. another thing that's like oh wow this we're a real band now 
and I'm laying on the couch, and Zach's laying on the floor, and and I just look at him. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, <laughs> I started tearing up. Man, yeah, like, it's legit. Just, whoa. You know, I think the scariest part, the scariest moment for a musician is not when you start a band. It's not when you start being a musician. It's the moment where we just were. It's that moment where, or where we are now, where we just signed a contract that just signed away a few years of our lives. Yeah. And like, so, so it was to the point where it's like, okay, this is, this is a hobby. This is us getting together as friends, playing instruments. And we have this mentality. We're fooling ourselves. We're fooling ourselves into saying, okay, you know, this is what we're going to do our entire life. Like we're, we're just telling ourselves that, right? It's a, it's a mental thought. It's just a pro like a, a dream. And then once you get to the point where it's like, okay, we're shopping out to labels. Like it's still a dream. And then somebody puts a, a 17 page contract in front of you. It's not a dream. And no, that, this is real. And so, so you're, you're getting to a point. It's like, okay, I've been telling myself that this is what I wanted to do. But I think the scariest moment is when you're like, Oh gosh, it's happening. Like it, the, like if I, if I, if I sign this, uh, three, four, five, however many years of your life, whatever band you are, I mean, a contract, it's, it's, t it's tied up. You know, I, I can't just say, you know what? I'm going to take a break from music now. Like, you can't do that now. We can't, like, this is what we've put all of our time into. This is the start of your career right. path. So, this in is the, music. in my opinion, in what happened to me, I don't know about everybody else in the band, but the last two months have been the most, have been the scariest moments in my musical, like, adventure for uh, me personally. Imagine, imagine someone tapes the gas pedal to your car down and you have to try and steer your way through it as you just hurtle down the highway. That's what it's like now. Because there's no slowing down. Like you're constantly working. There's just no stopping. This is this is the start of your now now like the, you have a team behind you publicity wise. That means now you have to practice even more and become so tight with everything. And then now you're going to be playing and the opportunities are more and more. And like there is a team behind you. You don't have to reach out to other venues in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Right. You know you you have people behind you like. He, you are playing at this date, at this time, with these people in this state, in this city, for this long. Well, and your name is on this. Like mm -hmm. you're now not at like a mom pop bar anymore. You are at proper venues. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's really weird because we sat down with uh, In Vogue and planned out entire year, like scheduled our entire year, and like for the first time as a band, we knew what we we're doing in a year and a half from now, and we're like, this is weird because everything's like organized now and not that like organization was i mean i think every band at one point is going to struggle with organization because they're not there's that step you have to take right um but specifically with like our future and like okay this is exactly the day that we're going to release this this is the exact day that we're going to do this podcast this is the exact day that we're going to do this that's something that was new to us and it was like for the first time we can go and not worry about that aspect of it but it's also weird because now everything's on a schedule and I'm looking through my calendar to make sure I can do things because everything's not just like, oh, I can push that off till that day because it's not up to us as much because we're working with more professionals. We're working with people who have schedules of their own. And that's really interesting for us too, I think. Are you afraid that um, now that it, it, you're going to start the idea of maybe possibly losing the passion to music because now it's now so structured and it's almost like now a job or is it just like enhanced more? Oh, it's just enhanced. enhanced yeah, for sure. It's Good. Enhanced. I Good. think... I, I will say this, that I listen to music a lot. Um, I found myself listening to podcasts and books, more audiobooks more now because I'm around music so much more that it gets to the point where you can get burnt out on things. Um, but 
I will say that it, when I go to a show or when I'm actually listening to music, my, my actual emotions towards music don't change. And in fact, I think that they've intensified and my desire to do it has intensified. But I will say that being around something, anything that you do, no matter what you do as a dream, actors don't like to be around. I, mean, I guarantee you there's a lot of like, you know, big star actors who don't want to go to a movie theater. Right, <laughs> you know, and that's just uh, and that's just how the name of the game. But they would never trade their profession for anything else because they love the industry so much and they love what they do. And there's nothing that's going to give them that that feeling. At least that's how it is for me. I'm I absolutely, else, I, I absolutely feel like that because yeah, I can't, I can't listen to the radio anymore as just a casual person turning in the radio because now I'm overanalyzing how long and you know, how long something is, how a break is going, how the person's talking, how the, like I, I'm more concerned about how the execution is yeah. of everything. I'm not enjoying it. And even to the point now where I'm like, I've worked with these studios now and I'm working with all these acts that like send music and everything. Now I'm starting to like listen for almost quality wise and I can still turn that off, thank goodness, but like I've always had uh, the ear for it, so I can still notice and I can still enjoy music for music's sake, but now I'm starting to like notice a little like, the intricacies of the studio work and everything, or like how it's all together, or even when a band is on stage. I'm not necessarily listening to music, I am, but also now I'm starting to like, see it through dissecting. the eyes of a professional, dissecting it, which ends up being like somewhat I'm losing the... Um, the night, the the naiveness. I don't think that's the a word. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Uh, of it all, um, but also I'm kind of glad that I know that information. Like I'm kind of glad. Like now, like when I'm seeing you guys, when when I see you guys again, you know, I will remember the talks and everything, and I'll and and I'll appreciate the music more. Because A, I have a memory now tied to you guys. And B, now I know like I'm getting more into depth into, of the headspace of all of you. So now when I see you live, I can appreciate you guys even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just think it. You. It, this is what I've had to do because I did go through a, uh, like a, a little period where I was like, I don't, I don't want to listen to any music. Mm -hmm. And it was not a good thing for me because it closes you off from the industry. It closes you off from what's going on. closes you off from your friends who listen to music and, so, and so on. But... Uh, I just decided at one point that I'm going to sit down. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to listen to music. You know, I'm going to do it. And then when I do it, I'm like, I'm so glad I, I like listened to that album. I'm so glad I just listened to like 10 straight songs in a row while I'm driving instead of going on a podcast because I needed that and I didn't know I needed it. And I think you just got to teach yourself sometimes, at least, you know, in the situations that we get into, um, everybody's different, but you have to. You gotta learn how to. You have to learn how to turn that off or force yourself through it, because you'll enjoy it once you once you you know, once you learn how to do that. You'll you'll. I love music just like I always have, and I just have to uh, get myself to do it sometimes. Has anybody else uh, felt kind of like that way of like, uh, you know, now now that you're on this other side of the coin, how do you view other music and other bands and other artists? I find myself appreciating it more and listening to more music. Um, I used to collect records. Um, and I kind of got out of that for a while and I sold a lot of it. Um, but I've found within the past few months that I've just started like wanting to go to record stores and buy weird shit and just like put on my turntable and just lay down and listen to it. Um, and that's just me, but I don't know. I feel like it's given me more of like, I feel immersed in it more. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. You've di you, you're now in the deep end of, of it all, but like you can still enjoy the swim. Yeah, for sure. Sure. And the weird metaphor that I just came up with uh, that one. <laughs> that was a good one, though. I, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Nautical references are great. Man. No, I mean, hey, man, fish are cool. I do want to make. I do want to make it clear that like, 
when I say that I that I personally have those those issues, it by no means means that I'm not valuing the music anymore. Cause right. I, I I absolutely adore music, right. and I always will. Mm-hmm. Um, I just also have. It's just a weird thing with how my how my brain works. Mm-hmm. That sometimes I need breaks from it, and sometimes I don't know when to stop taking breaks, and I I need to, okay time to get back into it. So mm-hmm. that's you know I do still love music, and I still do love doing those things. For you sure, know, it's just a matter of teaching my how to pivot. I need to learn how to pivot better, and and continue on with doing things and learn how to stop taking breaks. I guess recently <laughs> I've gotten in because you know I I sit at a desk a lot of times and I'm working on other stuff at, at my nine to five and I'm like discovering like I'm coming across music I've never even heard of and then people come up to me like oh yeah man I've I've, I've been a fan there for a decade and then I get start getting angry that like I haven't gotten into them sooner. No, like, I get that <laughs> for I, sure. I, I like I got into Let Live at their like oh. uh, if I'm the devil album. And then, like about maybe six months afterwards, they called it quits, and I was pissed. But Dude, like, and then boat. I listen, and then I listen to the back stuff, and then I love Fever Three 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 because I've been following it from the beginning. But like other bands, like I, you know, Periphery, Architects, you know, uh, and then like a handful. I, I've and I've been in a musical rut as of late because I'm just like I don't want to need to listen to it right now, and I'm keep falling back to the albums that I've really like. And then all of a sudden, like I see a, a list of like bands that have just been announced for like the 2019 post fest. And I'm like, I don't know half of these, uh, half of these bands, but I know I'm going to go and I know what I'm listening to in the next few months. Yeah. So let's go record shopping sometime, man. Yeah. Let's like stop by culture clash. And just like pick out random stuff. I need to, I need to get my record player fixed. I, but I never have the, the time or, or, you know, just go out there and go, Hey, fix this. What's I wrong play with it? it? I don't know. Uh, it, it's not playing records properly. Like I think something is, off or something's not being read. I don't know. It's Could like you need a new belt. Probably. I probably need something. I need, I just need to take it over there. But yeah, no, I would love that. I would absolutely. I'm, I always, let's I've always been afterwards. a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Let's we'll schedule down. something. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get, let's get rad with it. Get your planner. Yep. Got it. Here we go.
I want to take a quick break in the middle of this podcast to first off thank you for listening thus far to the On The Radar podcast and if you like what you hear and you want to be more involved in this wonderful project, well, check us out at our Patreon page. Now, depending on what level you donate a monthly fee, you can get a better experience and a more in-depth and involved experience with the On The Radar podcast. We do this podcast to not only show love for the Midwest, but to show all of these great music these men and women who are working hard to get their art out into the world, and we are giving a stage for it. There are links in the episode description. There are links at our social media pages. Consider checking us out and donating at our Patreon page. Blind EP was dropped a couple of years ago, and from that... And I kind of want to dive in a little bit of the new stuff. Obviously, when you announced that you were signed, you dropped a powerful song and video called Thinning Veil and talking about, you know, and, and the, the, the process, if you haven't seen the music video, watch it. D- just watch it. Stop what you're doing. Watch it. Come back. All right. Welcome back. Thank you. What do you <laughs> think about it? Um, Thinning Veil is, is about domestic abuse. Um, and the song itself has those, those, you know, uh, uh, references and everything about that. Going from blind to this new stuff and the new EP, it seems darker. It seems more serious. It seems almost uncomfortable, but in a good way of the things that we socially need to be talking about. So where were you guys between the gap between blind Mm. and this new EP? Man, so much happened. I mean, we went through, we went through member changes. We got Zach, Zach, that, I mean, that changed. That's huge. Me and Zach together. It's like, it's a whole different world when it comes to writing. But I mean, like personally, we went through um, like really bad breakups, really like rough situations. Um, we've lost family members. We've done like a lot has happened in two years. Mm-hmm. And it was like, one, we were young when we recorded Blind. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in, in the scheme of things, we were like in our tw- early, early 20s. I wasn't, I think it was 19. You guys were like what now? Like mid 20s? Or early 20s. Yeah. So like 23, 24. Yeah. 23, 24. Okay, so like early, you? mid. Okay. Yeah, so we were really young when we recorded Blind. And just over the two years, like one, as musicians, we obviously grew because when you play your guitar every day for for two years, like yeah. you write better stuff, uh, and it just got darker as like we grew as people and experienced these things in our lives and like saw things and just it, it all kind of weighed together, and it created what became the new EP. Like I, I lost like a friendship that had been going on for seventeen years when I joined this wow. band, and that had an effect on me, and then you know, some other like relations, like relationship stuff that kind of went on. And I know I was in a a very dark place when we went into the studio to, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. to record Thinning Veil. And, um, like I slept like straight through the first three days just because I was too depressed to do anything. Wow. 
Um, he was on that couch. Yeah, that that was a very comfortable couch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're gonna depress sleep anywhere. Um, go go to all Capitol you House. Go to Capitol House. Talk to Nick Moore. He'll fix you up. Um, but you know, he's got a great lounge area. Dude, it's so good. We're all five Ingram, of us slept. Ingram? You said Moore. Oh, Moore, Nick Ingram. Thank you. There's yes. too many. Don't go to Moore's. Yeah, don't have a go good to Moore's house. I don't think you'd appreciate that. He's got a family, man. Don't do that. Um, but I think a lot of like what Tim was saying, a lot of sort of the things that we experienced and went through definitely shaped the sound of this, which is, like you said, very dark, um, sort of very somber. Um, I was, yeah. you know, the first time, the first time I watched Thinning Veil, um, I was almost in tears. Like, and I'm, I'm not shitting you about that. I, like, I it, just... You hear the stories, and you, you know, I mean, you see, you know, my, my depictions on television, the Hollywood esque, you know, rose colored glasses that they sometimes put on there. But like, seeing it so real, especially with the the idea of like the child creating a photo, giving the photo to mom with a black eye in the photo, yeah. mm -hmm. that speaks volumes. You know, it was so tough to record that too. It, yeah, and um. I'm just so thankful we had good actors and a good videographer. John's amazing. Um, John shout Fleischman. out to John Fleischman. Yeah, and shout out to our friends, you man. know, who did the video. Mm -hmm. then Marley and Cameron. Marley and Cameron. They're just and phenomenal then, actors. Um, yeah. So there, there was there was one scene. Um, I I literally stopped the scene midway through, and I, I had to ask Marley if she was okay because she was acting so good. Yeah. That I thought she was genuinely like breaking down. Yeah. I mean, they were they were that good. Do they know each other? Or yeah, like, yeah. Okay. So they, they work together before. Okay, cool. They they do a lot of like uh, amateur theater together. Okay, so they they had a good chemistry already. Good. And they, um, and you know, shout out to Ezra too, the little kid. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he he's never done any acting in his life. Um, I know his father, and I know him, and uh, Josh's father. I I hit him. I was like, hey, listen, I don't know like what goes what's happened in your guys's family. So if you don't want to do this, I understand, but. Yeah. We need somebody who's young and needs can can do this. And I know Ezra is really outgoing and has a has a good attitude to him. And um, Josh shared some things with me, and he said I would love you know if Ezra wants to do it, I would love for him to do it. And you know I think it'd be a good exposure. And just I don't want to leave the little guy out because he did a great job. No, too. that that final scene of yes. just like the blood covered hand and like you know patting mm -hmm. the guy, uh, kid on the on the face just. Yeah, like I'm getting, yeah. I'm like talk, I'm getting my it. like we, shaking. Talk about it. Show your friends. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying show your friends so they hear our music. I'm saying show your friends because we don't we don't talk about this. Yeah. yeah. When when uh when a husband beats his wife, his friends aren't gonna stop him. They're gonna they're gonna turn a blind eye because they don't want to like they don't want to get involved. They don't think the worst of the friend. But that's the exact opposite of what we need to be doing mm -hmm. because this is a real thing. This happens to a lot of people. And we wanted to be very um careful and and tenderhearted in our treatment of this topic in this video right um tim and i sat down at a, a coffee shop in the area for a, a couple hours um during the conceptualization process of this video and just researched domestic violence and researched you know statistics and whatnot i have a couple friends that work at a um domestic abuse uh shelter in um here in ohio um called the cocoon shelter and i talked to them to kind of get their opinions on some stuff and I asked, you know, how how can we treat this in such a way that, you know, is fair to victims that isn't talking over victims, but is expressing realities of the situation. And um, I ended up uh, showing one of those friends a video after it was done um, just to kind of say, you know, 
what do you think of this? Is this, um, you know, what do you think? Of this? Accurate, yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, she was all for it. And for me, I was like, okay, good, good. We, mm-hmm. we were careful Stand enough with this and we, we, we actualize our vision in a appropriate way because that yeah. was super important. So, so my mom, 22 years ago, was a survivor of domestic violence at the hands of my biological father. So the second the video, like the second we got back the video from John, I, I immediately sent it to her because I knew like she'd be real with me about it because obviously since she lived through it, she's going to know like, she's going to know if it's going to like press buttons the wrong way. And I sent it to her and, and the, she texted me back right away and she's like, wow. She's like, I am in tears. She's like, you guys did such a good job on this. And she's like, this is what we need to talk about. And that just like, I was like, okay, we did it right. Because if my mom's not, my mom's not going to lie to me. If, right. if it's too heavy, she's going to be like, hey, like that was too far. But when she's like, this was really good, I'm like, okay, we hit the, we and, hit, we hit where we needed to hit. And that's a good point about it being, you know, maybe being too heavy. It's like, we also didn't want to, um, oh, what's the brutalize word? Brutalize it. We didn't yeah, want to brutalize it. We didn't want to make this like, you know, a slasher film sort of style, <laughs> right. of like cheap thrills. Well, that would be an inappropriate and disrespectful too. Right. We didn't you want know. to take it from a third, per, third person view. We didn't want to take it from a, from the view of the, the victim, because I don't know. None of us know how a victim feels right. in that exactly. moment. I don't want to try exactly. to represent that. So when we were when we were cons- when we were conceptualizing, I said, "Well, how about you know?" I brought up the idea. Well, why don't we do it from a kid's perspective? Because I know plenty of people who may have not been the actual abused person, but has but were, were directly influenced by it through witnessing it. And so we wanted to take it from the kid's perspective because the kid's going to see it, and especially kids who don't understand who aren't developing the you know, we all have innate, I think, I believe that we all have an, like biological, um, like love built into us, right? You know, the right. affection is built into us, mm-hmm. but learning what love is, is a whole nother thing. Cause you actually have to learn how to use it and what it means and what that, what, how to, how to like balance that with your heart and your mind and everything. And I think that when a kid is experienced to this as a young, as a young one, as a young kid, that can really distort Especially when the mommy and daddy love each other, but sometimes you know that this is what dad does. That's going to mm-hmm. completely distort this kid's perception of what love is, and might change him forever. And I wanted to really kind of capture that. And we we through you know because everybody has a good idea, and then somebody says no, that that part's not good though. And we're really good at arguing really loudly at each other (laughs) really loudly at each other until we get something that's like perfect for us right like we yell and scream and get frustrated and get and get you know pissy with each other all the time but i wanted to elaborate a little bit on uh we when we were making the video we we actually originally had a few more shots with uh drinking and we decided to take those out when we made the video because we didn't want to like have tunnel vision and have like this idea of how how like every situation of domestic abuse and violence uh had to do with like drinking or something we didn't want to tunnel vision it we we wanted alcoholism yeah like every situation is different and we wanted to make sure or at least try to to hit home with 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 that so, so people would and domestic and it, abuse comes in like all different types of forms it could exactly be, it could be verbal manipulation yeah. you know mm-hmm. it could be you know and yeah, we and, it's, and we did that too. Phone. We showed a lot of mm-hmm. arguing. We showed physical violence. We mm-hmm. showed, you know, dom- 
uh, just demeaning somebody by like the kid trying to show the father the picture and the dad's like whatever. Yeah. And, and it's not just exactly. it's not just like husband and wife. It's exactly wife to wife. It's mm-hmm. wife to husband. It's husband to husband. It's wife exactly. to child, mother to exactly. child. You know what I mean? It's it's not just it's so many faces. It's right around the age of like four to six years old. Is like when a child starts to actually fully develop and get an idea of like their uh, surroundings. So it's almost it's almost even more imperative mm-hmm. that you do your damnedest to to make sure that child is safe. And because the things that those child's eyes are seeing and the how they and how like a mom or how other people act around the child, they are a, a literal sponge mm-hmm. of information and they will start emulating a lot of the stuff to the point that even the child will start doing things because she they, she knows or he knows or what they know that if they do a certain thing or they act a certain way this is the response and they're very analytical about that mm-hmm. you know they're still very black and white while when you grow up it's you know uh it's all shades of gray mm-hmm. and it's important that we talk about that stuff and it's important now more than ever that the arts start to having a voice mm-hmm. in a lot of the stuff because Let's be honest now, on the on the front of a lot of social and political issues is way, way dangerous right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. even the fact that, like, the day of this recording, there's literal neo-Nazis in Detroit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. marching against protests of a, of a pride march. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First off, in 2019, why the fuck are there still Nazis? Oh, yeah. Can we, can we like... <laughs> so, yeah. so, by the way, if you're yeah. one of our fans in Detroit... I will bail you out of jail if you decide to, you know, wander downtown with a baseball bat. <laughs> we're, not just, encouraging just, violence, I'm not encouraging we're not violence, encouraging violence. We're not encouraging but, violence. But we are talking about Nazis here. So well, you see them in the yeah. pit at a hardcore show. Oh, they're done. <laughs> they're say. done. John. Throw on John. your like throw on your beat well, your hey, local let's, Nazi let's shirt. Some teeth on the floor, let's bypass bud. all this and just say, Hey, listen, don't be a neo Nazi. Right. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's but my thing is oh, go ahead. I will say because you brought that up, right? Uh, the the people at that pride parade, they are handling it so. Oh, well. absolutely! They are. They are. I I was almost in tears watching a video today. You, you can't. Because they're they're so positive about it. You have these people so filled with hatred against them, and they're just standing there laughing, taking pictures, having a good time. Like that's exactly what you need to do. It's amazing. Why don't fight hate with hate? You mm-hmm. fight hate with love, and that's exactly what they're doing down there. It's very hard to do that, though. Very hard. Oh, but it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. Like I, <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's and, that, not and easy. that's and that's what I think. I think a big thing is and kind of bring this full circle. Yeah. It's like with these domestic abuse things. I'm not saying that these people who do domestic violence are not terrible people. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm also not saying that they are terrible people, because what I just said earlier and what we've been talking about is where somebody's perception of what life is and love Mm -hmm. is, is morphed at a young age Mm -hmm. and they don't know better. It's not always the best idea to fight hate with hate. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you, your first step should be trying to, and this is what I believe on everything there, unless it's obvious that these, this person's never going to change, you need to have some kind of heart to heart or try to have some, some sympathy or love or respect or patience with somebody so long as it's not getting to the point where it's just continually going on. I think that, I think that this is the main story about this is, is awareness. And Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think that we need to take awareness from a victim standpoint, Mm -hmm. but also we need to think about maybe some other people, maybe the person who's doing it is, 
is potentially a victim in their own way. And I don't mean that. And again, what they're doing is wrong and we, and it should be noticed and mm-hmm. it should be dealt with mm-hmm. how we deal with it is important. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want us to get this like, you know, mob mentality, mob mentality that we just exactly. attack anybody who, who's had some domestic violence issues in the past. And that's a, that's a good way. Why, why a, we express it on a medium that you're hearing the tone and you're hearing the idea of everything. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and that's why I don't talk about those issues. Uh, I, like I, I, I stand clear about a lot of political talk on, on social media, the internet tone, the mom <laughs> mentality that the internet has become as of late. Um, I, I rather be in a room with like-minded people and talk this out. And even if the opinions are slightly skewed on certain things, yeah. you, you could still hear the voice. And I think that's the biggest thing about the message is like that is the reason why we do things like this. This is why I talk to you. This is why I put on a platform for people to talk to to and, and to share their experiences and share the art and share the music and everything like that. There's a there's the reason for that because you can hear it all because you can read one sentence and Seth and I will read that one sentence differently mm-hmm. and then Tim will read it and he will read it differently. We will all in this room read the same sentence in a different way and then mm-hmm. we will start arguing about, well, this is what they meant. But if you say it in front of everyone, right. then you can all have the idea of going, oh, okay, I get this. Mm-hmm. Which just c- comes down to like connection. Like we, we won't mm-hmm. ever make any sort of dent in whatever problem we see going on if, if we're sitting in our rooms on our computers or our phone and you know just typing the you know whatever we want on a facebook post it's not going to do anything it's just going to make the conversation more mm-hmm. muddied and you know there, there there are things that are very clearly wrong and we should point those out um but talking only gets you so far mm-hmm. you know talk like well i should say like talking on social media yeah. right because you know, no. it, it, it it does add to that mob mentality and you're not getting anything done. You're not changing any hearts. And that's ultimately like the only way that you're going to make any changes is by changing hearts. And you can't do that on such an impersonal medium as social media. Which is why we make music. There yeah. you go. <laughs> so getting into this new this new EP, yeah. Thinning Veil is a hell of a way to start off of this. <laughs> so what is what, what is it what is it all coming about? Like the the, the outside of that, there's more coming. Yeah, and been, what is the stance of this new EP? What is what's well? So when I because I write the majority of the lyrics and I, and I hit up the guys whenever I'm like, hey, what do you guys think? Or you know, what do you need help with? You know, can you help me with this? You know, I mean, I'm very open. I'm not perfect when it comes. And I've had my my you know my slumps, my writing right. slumps, and I think everybody here has. And um, Seth's just the worst. I'm so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I love you, Seth. I. Uh, I brought the idea to Zach. This is so funny. I, I brought, I was like, okay, Zach, so we have some of these songs done. This is kind of the feel I'm getting from what I've been writing recently. What do you think of this? And he was like, I hate that. <laughs> he literally told me he didn't like it. And I'm, like, I, I I'm not going to say it yet because he can't, you know. Right, yeah. But um, he was like, yeah, I hate that. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I was like but, it, but it's this. And this is why I think that. And he's like, no. And then like, no joke. Two weeks later, he's like, you know what, Seth? It's coming around to me. I really, I'm starting to like the idea and the, the imagery. Sometimes I have to sit on things. Like I don't like, I don't like to give hard ans- like hard answers immediately yeah. all the time. And then 
not think about them more. I like to give everything some sort of chance. Except for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, know, but like I might have an initial reaction right. to something. Um, but you have to compare your initial reactions to, you know, your, your, your meditative reactions over, you know, a you know, span of however long. This is coming out after we, uh, we can talk about it. Okay. It's, it's fine. So, no, so no, the, so yeah. the, the EP is going to be, is going to be called, uh, morphine. Um, and the whole idea of it is, is basically we, we wanted to, to, uh, <sighs> It's it's like about it's about your like self destruction. Yeah. Nature. So mm-hmm. blind. This is a really good way of putting it. Blind was about finding who you are in a world that's trying to tell you who to be, and it's about finding your identity when you're lost. Right. That's what blind was all about. In fact, Skin Deep has that line: "Let my identity breathe." Like that mm-hmm. was the whole point of the whole EP. Um, morphine is a dark realization, basically, of who you are. So you figure out who you are, and you realize that you're that you're not who you want to be. And, um, so the idea is, especially with the idea of morphine, the reason we named it that was it's the use of these vices or these, or these, um, these issues in your life that you think are helping you or bringing you joy and pleasure and making your life better, but it's really just covering up and masking pain and who you really are and you're not addressing issues and you ultimately start and, and there's a lot of, uh, relationship based things in like three of the four five songs i think Mm -hmm. um but it's because we wanted to kind of bring apart bring out this idea of like your issues can negatively affect other people's identities and their people and their persons because like for instance thinning veil this guy has an issue with understanding what love is or how to react how to how to love somebody and so he's not only affecting the person he's abusing but he's affecting the child and everybody around him and he's using and he's using this this act as a way to just um, mask what's really an issue and he's not addressing the real issue. So That's from the music video. The song itself sounds like it's actually from t- someone talking correct. to a woman, mm-hmm. woman's yes. point of view. It that. is, yeah. yeah. So we wanted to take, I, I think that was a cool thing that we did was we wanted to take the song lyrics, you can take it from one's perspective. One perspective where it's, okay, somebody's talking to the woman's like, listen, how, how far are you willing to go? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you letting this happen? And then the video is more of from the kid's point of view mm-hmm. and how this person's negatively affecting their life. And I think that's kind of cool that we took it from two different points. And, and kind of like what Seth uh, said earlier about like, you know, we, you know, us individually will never know what it's like to be an abused woman because right. we are not abused women. And so lyrically, the song is very much a plea of, you know, not fully understanding, you know, mm-hmm. why, like, how someone lets this persist, not to say that someone does let it persist, because that's not the case at all. But it's hard to understand because there are women in abusive relationships that stay. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to fully grasp why that is. Mm-hmm. And it's never the woman's fault. We're not saying that at all. The song is a plea of, of not fully understanding that. Yeah. But, it's, it's, it's a fearful plea. But this, I mean, this, this all carries throughout, like, the entire EP. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're listening to this, the new song, Red Light, Will have will have come out if you're listening to this podcast right now, um, and and red light was about the addiction to like porn, because we don't think about that. You don't. You get on. You click Pornhub and then you watch it and you subliminally later on you're gonna objectify women. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like it's not like you watch porn and then you're like, oh, you're an object now. But it's like you you your brain you're teaching your brain over time, like the objectification of women is okay. It and we don't even realize it. it. Yeah. So, 
so we were like, okay, so there's red light, and that one, that one's gonna get really heavy. I and mean, a lot of red, red light really f- is like, and um, shout out to Ben Vasco, he helps write that one with us. Mm-hmm. And um, he's the man. He's really man, and he. This is a really big topic for him, and he's open with us talking about that. Um, I think it's really, I think it's really um, brave of him to come out and say all this, but he, you know, it's it's just really true. I think it's so true that like in those moments when when uh, you get exposed to that on a oh, for some people a day to day basis, mm-hmm. um, there's no way you're going to look at people in the same way. There's no way. I mean, I don't care who you are no matter what you subject your mind to, it's always going to change your perception of things. And this was about the unhealthy um, consequence of viewing people for a strictly carnal reason and strictly pleasurable reason and not evaluating people as human beings at that point. And that's, and that may not at first translate into your real life, but it will. And that's what that song's about. Cause there's a, there's a line, you know, um, the very first line is, I read your skin like bra- braille and used it like leather, used it as leather. And then later down the road, I, you know, I have been drinking poison. That's referring to, you know, pornography and stuff. So, um, you know, I'm not telling people what to do and what not to do. I'm just saying that there isn't a real issue, I think, in, with our culture and how sex culture has kind of taken over a lot of our of our media and how it may, may or may not be affecting our culture. So I, I will... I'm going to just play devil's advocate sure. because I do agree. I absolutely agree that, that the, the object, 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 objectification. I talk for a living. Fuck. <laughs> Man. You're doing marvelously. I, Don't doubt you. I try. I try. I try so hard. Anyway, um, there is a problem of, 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 of the world and how it views women, especially right now. Amen. And, and, and what's going on. But there's also then with with this is is the I, I, I know many friends and know it and many people are very sexual forward mm-hmm. and sex workers mm-hmm. and saying the prideful of that, mm-hmm. that you should be OK and should be proud to be uh, polyamorous. Mm-hmm. You should be proud of being BDSM. You should be proud mm-hmm. of being sexual forward. And like maybe the woman wants to have that, you know, that one and done, maybe not necessarily the guy. So like. Where does that go with that statement of like, is it is in the same breath? It's just from the other side or is it just like, you know, can women objectify men in the same yes. way men has objectified women? Oh, yes. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, pornography is the worst thing in the world. Um, and there there is, you know, an, a quote unquote ethical porn movement um, going on. And if you want to, you know, Make porn. I'm not going to say don't do it, um, but the porn industry as it is, just systemically, is um, um, uh, objectifies women. And what I mean, what, and to, 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 to kind of explain this a little bit, the average um, porn performer's career is about three years, and then they're just discarded. And if they want to get out of the porn industry, they can't get those videos back. So let's say someone is in porn for a while, and they decide, I. I don't want to do this anymore. This is not who I want to be. And they start a family, you know, they get married, whatever. Those videos of them are still out there. They're right? ever, they're they forever are, floating. And, yeah. and that, 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 that uh, video production company owns the rights in a sense to their body. Okay. So 
you know, if, if you want to be, as you said, sexually forward, you know, if someone wants to express themselves in that way, I'm not going to say no. But I am going to say that we need to be careful about how we treat people in general. Mm -hmm. And I think the porn industry as it is does not treat people like people. It treats them like cattle. And I will attach that, that I don't think that what you're talking about being sexually forward and confident in what you like and what you don't like in your sexual actions and what you do necessarily means that you therefore objectify people. Okay. So yeah. the song, right. the song uh, Red Light is not about suppressing sexual desires. Mm -hmm. It's about, it's about not, it's about valuing people. Mm -hmm alongside of your sexual so your sexual it's really for me is you're not playing devil devil's advocate at okay all. You're, yeah. you're attacking a whole new topic okay which is people which suppressing or being fine. open yeah. about sexuality right. versus me taking a a sexual product such as pornography and then using it on a, on such a basis mm -hmm. on, on such a consistent basis that it's now affecting how i view people and, mm -hmm. I, and i can like bdsm right or i can like doing all these other you know fetishes or any of those things and still value the person Okay. Yeah. And value people. It's yeah. not about that. It's about how you. It's how, about how the industry or that mm -hmm. type of um, content can affect your mind on to other people, especially people you don't even know, and you start judging them on a sexual basis before you even meet them. Mm -hmm. And this, and, and and in some circles, even the music industry has done that. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I and, think it's just oh, media it's, across the yeah, world. Media, but, yeah, dude. Yeah. Look at shower commercials. Yeah. Dude, the music industry is so messed up when it comes to that. Why? Mm -hmm. Why do we sexualize that? Mm -hmm. Why can't a girl be a front? Why can't why can't there be a front woman of a band and not get sexually like harassed? Not wear a crop exactly. Yeah. Like why why is that a thing? We yeah. just had this conversation last night, at, where somebody said like, "Yeah, man, I really want like more girls in bands," and I was like, "I want it to be to the point where you don't have to say that. Mm -hmm. I want girls to just be able to be in bands and not have to worry about some creep saying something." There should be more bands. Period. Exactly. Why why do we have to say female fronted? Why can't she just be? A screamer in a band or a singer in a band. Now, 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 I've but, talked about. I've talked about this. Sorry, you know what? Talk. You know, no, it's okay. Your, it's okay to be prideful that. of that. Like, yeah. if 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 a girl wants to be like, yeah, I'm a the like sweet dude, like own it. Mm -hmm. But I don't want it to become like like they want to make a full genre about it. That, they don't. Yeah. Want, they I just want scared, it to be right? a thing. Yeah. Like, why do we have to make it a it separate genre? Be, it shouldn't be a circus act that a woman is fronting a band. Well, exactly. a lot of it, it shouldn't be a scare thing. It shouldn't yeah. be like I'm. I I don't want to get out there because I I know there's a couple there's a couple female fronted bands that we've played with in the past, like local band members, and like even they on a local level are are openly sexualized and and not by the not by choice. I mean it's yeah. it's thrusted mm -hmm. upon yeah. them. Mm -hmm. You know and and that's that's the bad thing. The bad thing is when I can't like if I and of course I'm a guy so you know that's it's a whole different topic um but and I'm I'm pretty large but like if I went on stage and every single time I went up there nobody cared about my music as much as they cared about what I look like why would I be doing music? Mm -hmm. We we judge like women in music with different standards than we do with men. Oh, Mike closer. Sorry. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we judge women in music differently than we judge men. We have yep. a different set of standards, which is messed up, you know? Yeah. It, we got, we got to get rid of I that. Mean, we have, we have big boys. We have big, I mean, Joel from being as ocean, he was a big boy mm -hmm. back before he lost all the weight. I'm, I'm on the bigger side of big boys. I mean, and then you look over at women, find a female front of band that has a, like a, a popular one that has like a, a medium sized body. And you don't see that, and that's because again, because we judge on appearance. It's, it's, it all, it all comes back together. It's different standards, and it so, seems like a new thing too. Almost like it does. It seems recent because, like, go back to like 
the the seventies and, and the sixties, Janis Joplin, Stevie Nicks. There's like a lot of women in music that were taken seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I don't. That would be an interesting part study it, to look into. When did that start happening? As far as we know, too. I mean, yeah, we don't know we behind know, the scenes. As far as we know. Like maybe right. those are the people that. Maybe it was even exactly. worse. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm actually. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of Billie Eilish haters out there. If you're a Billie Eilish hater, I, <laughs> I just, love Billie just Eilish. Pause, I just, I don't, fast forward. I, I just whatever. don't. <laughs> I don't okay. understand the appeal. I mean, good for her for what she's doing. But okay, I, so I don't. So I don't. Here, here's so you're gonna have to here's, here's, And this is the only. This is the only reason I'll bring her up. One. Well, okay, I'm a huge fan, but she recently did an interview where she talked about how the reason she wears baggy clothes and wears the clothes she does is so that men don't sexualize her. She's under eight. She's she's 16 years old, and and she's wait wait she's wait what? Our, I yeah. Didn't, I thought she was like 21. No, she's 16, she's and, and she wears Fuck. those baggy clothes because she doesn't want to be sexualized, and it's so fucked that a 16-year-old has to wear baggy clothes to be a performer because they're it's so over-sexualized. A teenager. <laughs> a teenager. 16 years yeah. old, and she can't that's, get on. She can't get on. Yeah. She can't get on stage and wear what she wants because there's some creep in the crowd who's going to say something. Like, it also that's good, a though. problem. Yeah, it is. But okay, it is. so that that's it with Billy Eilish. I, so because I know there's haters. Out <laughs> no, there. that's I never, I never, I never knew that. So so then, what can we do as musicians, as media, as all of these, you know, as men, as women, as whomever? What can we do to stop or to curb that, this? You just said it. Stop. I, th- I I think I think we need to bring back. And th- this is just my. I'm not speaking for the band right here. That's fine. This is what I think. I think that our culture is built on sex appeal right now. Right. And I think that if we could, if we could move past what sex, that like, what can we, how can we make things sexy because sexy sells? Mm -hmm. How about we think of what could sell better than sexy? Because I feel like what, because what we're doing is we're, like I said, shampoo commercials Mm -hmm. have beautiful women completely undressed and there's like suds falling all over them and like, I want to know what it's doing for my hair, not what it looks like. <laughs> Nobody on this showers woman. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Never. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm surprised gardening commercials haven't gotten there. Like, it's that bad to me. Like, it's seriously that bad to me. We have an entire city in the United States, Las Vegas, that's built on that. I mean, and and there's not like I said, I'm not I'm not judging anybody for that. I'm saying, but that is a a good representation of what the of what our our like the media and the the pop culture is about right now. And if we really wanted to stop um, over-sexualizing people, we need to stop being fed over-sexualized information. Sex sells, and if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And those are two two tried-and-true things that have happened in, in, in the media for God knows how long. And it's unfortunately that it's so embedded in the culture, it's very hard to curb it. Mm-hmm. You know, in the next generation, I mean, you know, everybody start, you know, the media, the, you know, the, the people order them, the, everybody blames millennials, quote-unquote, <laughs> about all the things. But, like, we're all, everybody in this room is a millennial. I'm a millennial. I'm, I'm on the older not. end of the millennial or whatever. I think you're like the next generation, generation. Z. Yeah. 1995. Uh, and yeah. Up. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like it's so it's like 80 something. I think it's like mid, like early 80s to 1995. 90 yeah, 95 is millennials. So um it, it's saying oh we're like you know we're ruining everything. Your millennials are. are this and like well yeah, we it, there comes a point where we need to burn down everything that has been established to rebuild it again. I'm a firm believer of that doing it in your own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think now on a social wise, and that's why there's so much dissonance and there's so much backlash hate and all this other right. things that are going on right now because it's getting to the point now we're at a tipping point and the wave is about to crash and people are scared of that. Mm-hmm. And so with with this EP kind of bringing this back around is yeah. that um, with 
that song, you know, Red Light, and then the song before Thinning Veil, and then the three other songs that we have planned, you know, um, the, the three next ones I think are a little more personal, uh, personalized instead of like topic. They're mm. not topical songs. They're more personal songs, like in how uh, it's an internal battle rather than a, a like, you know, system, system, oh, you know, overthrow, I guess. It's you would not say a narrative. Necessarily. It's not a narrative. Yeah. They're, they're more of uh, internal reflection and stuff. Um, so we, we, d- we didn't make this huge political or, you know, social change charged EP all the way through. We simply thought, especially from a lyricist point of view, I felt um, drawn to these topics and I've, and everybody else was so on board and we're like, yeah, that's something that needs to be talked about. And, um, I, you know, and they did it and everybody did a fantastic job of really pulling that emotion out instrumentally and everything. Um, but we wanted to bring light to certain things while still having something that everybody can, uh, that everybody can, um, attach to because not everybody has problems with domestic abuse. Not everybody has problems with pornography, mm-hmm. but everybody's going to have, uh, self-loathing at at least one point in their life. Oh yeah. And those, <laughs> but that's what i'm saying so we really wanted to still kind of capture that in uh, the idea of using people and using vices and not even not those systematic ones that we did at first on uh, you know those first two songs that were released but the rest of them are going to be more like intricate ones that i think everybody can relate to so it sounds like there's a, there's there's like the theme of like blind was you know you know, not realizing, you know, what you are and everything. Morphine is like dealing with the, the harsh realization and the vices and the things like that, the dealing with the things you're not really are. So whatever is the next step music, musical-wise, does that mean like we're, it, it is like, I guess, the rehab of sorts? You'll just have to stay tuned and find out. Yeah. <laughs> Got him. Next time I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, we don't have filler episodes. <laughs>
I know a lot of things you're still a little hush hush about because you know the 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 ink is still still wet on the paper uh, for In Vogue. But what is coming up for Castle No Kings? Music, uh, yeah, music, uh, <laughs> music, and shows. Lots of shows, lots of music. We really want to tour as to- much as we can. Touring, yeah. If you're in a band and you're listening to this podcast, hit us up. We will tour with you. I don't care what kind of band you're in. Gouge you away if hit you're me listening. up, and we I will really get my band. With you. I at least want to play with you. Yeah, just. Seriously, I'm I'm dead serious. He is ready if, to if sleep you, in the if van. If you're in a band and you want to tour with us, message me. Castle No Tim on Instagram. Castle No Tim on Twitter. To and I hope y'all Facebook. like van pranks. <laughs> oh, gosh. We're about How good is your insurance is my question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was... But yeah, lot, lots lots of music, lots of shows. Um, Just content. We, and, we're basically at the point where we're going to say no to nothing. If you put something in front of us, we're gonna do it, because that's that's we we just want to go. I mean, they did this, so at least see, oh, shut I, up. Yeah, we're sitting here with Pod. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I uh, I I think deprecated. <laughs> I mean, if, if you want to, if you're asking like on a more like symbolic sense, I think what's what's next for Castle is is um, making sure we know who we are and making sure that we hone in on our sound. And I think we did on this EP really well, um, but. I always think there's an improvement for people. And I think that I want to see us continue to grow as a band and not stay stagnant. Like I'm not talking about necessarily fan base. I'm not talking about, um, you know, monetarily I'm looking at how can we as first of all, friends, you know, grow together, but how can we create art in a better way? Yeah. How we can be more effective with our art 
and how we can be more impactful with it. And I think that with this opportunity that we got with Invogue Records that in their, in their backing of us and um, fans as well, like, don't get me wrong, getting more fans is a huge thing for us because we really want to, you know, reach out to as many people as we can right. and expose them. And um, I think that a lot of people that we feed off of our off of our fan base and we feed Absolutely. off of our family that we, that we have in the music scene. And I really want to make sure that we continue to do that and we grow that family as much as we can. So yeah. we have a very supportive scene. Yeah, I mean Toledo. We're from small towns. We're not even from Toledo. Yeah, <laughs> suburbs and side. Po- yeah, side towns, towns, like, yeah. But Toledo's our home now. Like everybody, just I, I don't know where it came from. I, I I can't describe how thankful I am. But Toledo, just like they rallied behind us every step of the way. Every show we played, every song we released, everything we've ever done, Toledo has been there. And they're like, hey. We stand. So who who do you then have your eye on, whether it's on a local or a regional level, that you want to see take that next step? Ooh. Oh. You are now you are now on the other side. You are right. now you have crossed the line. You are you are a signed act. Right. You are a big boy band. Um everybody. I want seriously, I want every band in Toledo to get the opportunity to do something bigger and better than they've done before. There's a ton of good bands in Toledo, Dude, man. It's it's unreal. It's a hotbed right now. Every genre. I think of a genre. Say it out loud. There's a band in Toledo who is killing it in that genre. Doom noise. Yeah. There's and legit, I'm not there's joking. serious like <laughs> it's that real. Toledo is. I, I legit saw someone put a guitar pickup, like rig a guitar pickup onto a meat hook and hit it with a stick. Wait, like, what? Yeah, I think it was Rosebud. It was the name of the act. It was um, I think it was uh. The uh, Ben, I think his name is. Yeah, Ben from Bone Folder. Yeah, Benji. He, he is a side. No, not Benji. The the vocalist. Oh yeah, I don't know the. I don't know all I think of them his name that is well. Ben. Anyway, he has a noise. You're like the third band to mention Bone Folder Dude. within a. Dude. Listen, Listen, Bone Folder. Listen, hold on. I have the best story. So there, there's and there's there's there's, a, there's quite a few people in Toledo that were at this show. I saw Bone Folder last year, right? Right. They literally tore the air duct off of the scene. <laughs> oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I was standing in front of it, dude. That band is hardcore. They Benji are. Benji breathes fire on stage. Yeah, what I mean, the hell? They're they're that band. They're just it's wild, no. and they're great guys too. Hellride Death Cult, man. What we Check were talking about before before we hit you know before we hit the air and mm-hmm. everything. I was talking to you about like that that comment I saw on mm-hmm. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I and somebody also recently that we play with also hit me up on Facebook saying, "Yeah, I was like," they said, "Congratulations," and I said, "Thanks." What have you been up to? He was like, "Oh, me, and my band. You know, we're just." Uh, we're doing this, we're doing this, but we're really just looking for this. You know, we're really looking for like a booking agent. Like that's going to get us there. And I said, I'm sorry, man, but I'm where you want to be. And I'm not saying that to be cocky, but we, we didn't have one booking agent. Dude, I do everything. Yeah. I'm not, I don't do everything, but like shows, I handle most of that. He does my laundry too. I, <laughs> you don't need, you don't need a manager. You don't need an agent. We, we are blessed with a label and our team. Uh, John Fleshman's here right now. Yes. Dude, Amazing team, boat. yeah. Amazing team, but I I will say you don't need it. Mm-mm. If you're lucky enough to have it, run with it, grab it, and run because they are going to help you achieve everything you want to achieve. But you do not need it. You can do everything by yourself. Don't don't second guess yourself. Just do it. Yeah, because like I'll give examples outside of our music scene. I'll go into hip hop scene. Chance the rapper, completely independent, mm-hmm. didn't have a scene, didn't wasn't on a record for at all, and he and he won. He won so many awards. He won so many awards. And um, who else? Uh, Token. He's uh, he's a YouTube rapper who just now re- most recently signed. But he 
he went so long without having anybody to help. He was his own producer. He was his own. And, you know, it's not my necessarily always my style of music to listen to, but I, I value people who work hard. And he's not even 21 yet. Wow. And so for for me, I, I look at it and we, we I'm not going to lie. There was about a year ago we were all saying, okay, we just need to get a booking agent. And we need to get a manager. Like mm-hmm. that's what we, we were in the same boat. We were thinking that. But then we had a lot of heart to heart with uh, our boys in Convictions who really helped oh, us out. Oh, shout out for Convictions. Shout out Those to Convictions. Those dudes helped us so uh, much. Zach I could talk for an hour on Convictions. Bit. You know, he had some connections. He, he sh- shot over our way, you know. But, I mean, those those guys those guys did so much. Every single time we asked them a question, they didn't say they didn't blow us off. You know, they could have. We were being annoying. We always were annoying to them. We always bugged them and bugged them and bugged them and bugged them. But John, John's, John's not his head. Right yes, now. over there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think what was really interesting was we. I asked. I was like, I told them that. I was like, once you get booked, he's like, no man, that's that's not what it is. It's like you need to work hard, and they, they will find you. Just do it. You just do it. You don't do it by it. yourself. You if it. you can do it by yourself, then it's going to make the job for them so much easier, and they're going to be more willing to come to you. And who and wants to help build a band a, that won't help yeah, themselves? I mean, build a bridge. Is, isn't it build a bridge and they'll come? Or what is it? Yeah. Uh, if you build, if you build it, it, they, they will, will come. Yeah, that, whatever it is. Build a dream. It, just, it really comes down to like what I said earlier. Just say no to nothing. Yeah. If you're saying no to everything, how are you going to go farther? If you say no to a show, dude, we've played so many podunk shows. You know how many cool people we've met there and how many connections we've so made? Many cool people. If you say no, you're not going to have that opportunity. Dude, you, you are shutting it down before you even tried. Remember when we went to Michigan and the show got canceled and we didn't know until we got there and we met all those cool bands yeah, <laughs> just in sweet. the parking lot? And the show didn't out. even happen. Like, the show didn't even happen. The guy didn't show up. The electric got turned off. Oh, wow. Um, but look at it. Look at Skin Deep. John did that. Shout out to John again. Uh, but he did that music video and you know we, we were like, well, what if we did something with paint? And we're like, no, that's... And right there, you could... You could on it. You could just. I hear most bands, and this is where I hear most bands talk about it. It's like, oh no, that's too expensive. That's going to be too much work, too much cleanup. It's not going to be worth it. We threw five, five or six gallons of latex paint onto my friend from Michigan. Colored Shout paint out to too. AJ. <laughs> but color, we, colored like bright colored latex paint, and he sat there and he swallowed paint for thirty and he minutes, spit it out, and he just and like he gave us he had his thumb down here, up or down depending on what how he felt. And we showered in some random person's house. Didn't we use like the, we asked if we could use we, their hose to wash them off. Said, you know what? Just go in the shower. And those, those old couples, dude, they're it, awesome I, too. And that's, this sounds super cheesy to make the connections, but if you're really working at something, people are going to back you. Those people, they didn't know us, but they saw that we were really trying to do something. They saw a dude covered in And they're like, you know paint. what? Let's help. Let's, let's play our part. And people want, people want to be successful. People want to be connected to people that are successful. And that's how you like breed success. Just keep going. Right. Don't stop. And people are going to jump on that train. And then those people that jumped on your train, they're growing too because they're seeing what you're doing. And they're like, okay, if I do that, I'll help me grow. And then you just like, that's it's, it all goes up. It's like us with convictions. It's a big uh, community. Yes, yes. The whole, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, so just to wrap up that point is that we could have not done that skin deep thing. And we could have done another idea that we had initially that was a lot less of a budget and a lot less effort. But with John's help and just deciding, you know, we're doing it, uh, we decided to do something that was super, super cool. And I love that video to this day. I mean, I still love it. And um, a lot of people are like, whoa, that, like, how'd you get him to do that? I'm like, he just did it. Because he's, he's, again, AJ is a, is a cool photographer in Michigan, but he uh, he's all about art. He's all yeah. about it. And he loves music. And he loves music. So he was like, dude, I'm down. 
He's like, you need to run naked in the woods. He's like, I'm down. He didn't even second like, guess it. How this about man, a public park? He's like, he's I'm a wild down, man. <laughs> so. Yeah, 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 yeah. We definitely <laughs> got a license. Well, I shouldn't say we. I was in Indiana. Right. No, but anyway. So, <laughs> again, if you build it, they'll come. And we showed that we could do things without without the need of, of a budget, without a need. Like, we pay for out of pocket. We worked extra hours. We did all that just so we could get, you know, that extra, like, just that extra emphasis on what we wanted to do and for this last the most recent video we had to find somebody's house that we could use we had to find two actors that we that weren't just your run-of-the-mill video music video actors we needed actors you need somebody we needed somebody who could do this right if this was a movie it would be believable right and that's what we needed to find and that would and trust me i we got frustrated with each other me and tim bickered about it it was so frustrating finding two people who are so competent that we ended up actually moving our schedule shooting day to another day just to accommodate a, an actress who couldn't, who wouldn't be able to make it otherwise. So like we go all out and that's what we, every band in Toledo, if back to your question, if there was a single band, there isn't one. I want them all to do just like Tim said, I want them all to do what we've been doing. Support each other, and, and we exactly. and, and don't. I, I want to make it clear we're not the front runners. No, I mean no. you have bands like Citizen, Convictions, Plot, and You, all from this area. Mm-hmm. Like they did it first, and we're like, okay, what are they doing? How can we? How can we do what they're doing? And uh, it, it, it's just it helped us grow. And uh, again, I'll bring up the Convictions guys because they from day one, literally from day one, we played our EP release show with them, the Blind EP mm-hmm. that was released with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we messaged them. They're like, yep, we want you on the show. Let's make it good. That show, I feel like single for me catapulted everything because they showed us so much love and they showed us like, hey, it's possible. Here's what it's like. They they put us on this huge show. There was like three hundred like fifty people there. Put us on this. That was our first big show, and that was like, okay, wow, this is what it's like. We want to do that. So then we're like, so then from that day on, anytime we had questions, we'd ask them because we're they were doing it. You know, they were doing it. So we just always asked. God bless they always them for not. Not ghosting us after the fifteen thousandth <laughs> question. I, 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 to this day, I'll text, I'll text Josh, their guitarist, sweetest man alive. They're all sweet, but I, I tell, I'll text Josh. I'll be like, hey, uh, I got a question, and never once has he been like, God, what do you want? He's always like, hey, man, how can I help you? And, and he'll, he'll call me. We've had like 30, 40 minute phone conversations, and just paragraphs too. Yeah, I mean, they're just if they can help us, they're gonna help us. And they're like that. They're not just with like that's not just with us. They're they're like that with a lot of bands, but it, we just it. Uh, the great I, guys. I it, it every every act we've had into the, into this podcast is always awe inspiring to me, and I'm always thankful for for having people in. You guys, I've seen the most heart and love and passion from what music is. Like I, I never, I always almost feel, I almost feel awkward sometimes of the amount of love and passion that I have for what I'm doing, whether it's here, whether it's the radio and everything. And I, and I'm constantly somewhat scoffed at for it. Like when do we become in a, in a time in the age where we are, we are insulted for being passionate. We are, we are made fun of yeah. for, for just loving what we do. Like 
why is that a weird thing? Why is that, you know, being frustrated with that? And, and it's so nice to hear, and it's so glad that I, I we, we've dove into an hour and change or whatever on you guys because it makes me, it, it reinvigorates me for the reason why we do this and why I do yeah. this and why do I continue doing this and why I'm so happy that I can offer something for people like you to share because more people need your story. Right, and I, I think... Um one of the biggest things about our industry and why I think it's so easy for us where other people have problems uh, expressing their love for something is mm -hmm. if you look in our music scene, there is like virtually nobody who would make fun of another person for crying at a show. Right. Like if you came to a Toledo show and like we've had people cry at our shows, we've cried at other people's shows and um, I've never seen anybody go like, look at that guy, you know, it's too much, you know, over emotional. No, it's always like everybody's on each other's back, mm -hmm. loving each other. And like, you wouldn't get that in a lot of other industries. And that's why I'm so thankful to be part of like this culture. Mm -hmm. um, it's just amazing. And yet it is, it's completely uplifting. And I, I couldn't imagine having this passion for anything else mm -hmm. and it being so welcomed and accepted, mm -hmm. you know? And the people that will scoff and put you down for being passionate about something you know what that is that's insecurity mm -hmm. that's feeling like they won't do anything because i've yeah. met people like that that constantly uh you know will badmouth other people for doing what they love and i don't see them doing anything i don't right. see them like actually trying to like support other people and then they get all irritated when people aren't supporting them it's like what do you expect you yeah. know I actually recently had a conversation with um, Cody Sizemore, who mm -hmm. does all the booking for innovation, mm -hmm. one of my best friends. And um, there there was something that had happened between me and, and somebody else in the scene. And it was a very good friend of mine. And I got word that there was some conversation about us in a not good way. And that was like my first time where like I felt somebody scoff at us for being passionate. Mm -hmm. And the way Cody taught me to handle it will forever change my life. Because instead of getting negative with him, getting negative with this person and like, like, yeah, we made, we like made jokes and stuff, but I, I texted him. I said, Hey, let's sit down and talk. Let's, let's get past whatever this is mm -hmm. and let's do better. And that's what we did. And we talked and it was like whole new world changed everything just to have that one conversation, that, that peaceful, friendly conversation instead of being like, Oh, you don't support us. Screw you. It was more like, Hey man, what's going on? Where can we come to like what's what's happening? I got a physical threat when I joined this band. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, that was fun. I, I I appreciate you guys coming out and doing this. All of my love, all of my respect. Good luck with everything, and I hope for the best. And I'm very excited, and I appreciate you guys coming out and uh, doing something like this and giving us like almost the first first bite out of you guys in this big step in your career. Of really, really do appreciate it. Also, before we end, shout out to Derek Magrum oh, yes. of Stay oh, Tough yes, Apparel, who's been nothing but the most supportive, loving like brother we could have. What's, what's the Stay Tough? Stay, Stay Tough. tough oh yeah, yeah. yeah. out of Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah. If you want to talk about a guy who struggles emotionally, like life wise, just just overall, and then still pours out everything he has, that's the guy you're looking at. You're looking at a guy He's who could man. literally lose his right arm, and then that next day he would be at a show mm -hmm. supporting one of his ambassadors for his for his company. He's that guy. Every yeah. time I see him, I'm like immensely inspired. Oh gosh! And he's so humble too. And he gives the greatest hugs. 
He does. And he's, he's, I, all, no, he's all about out. that PMA, man, that since, positive mental attitude. Since the session's over, I think this is a perfect way to end it. Derek gives amazing hugs, but Peapod hugged me when we were walking oh, in. He hugged me too, dude. Dude, that, that was great a great. Hug. That was a pretty. You want to see Peapod in a Derek hug? That would be just like. Dude, oh my gosh. I don't think the world's ready. I don't think the world is ready. I have. For that hug. I will say. Hug I, off. I will, I will say. I will say. <laughs> I, I have been told that I do give a good hug. I don't, I don't know. I think the, the key to a good hug is like good amount of time, embrace. good good embrace and pressure. It you want to feel like I felt at home. Yeah. When you hugged me, I just I was like, wow, this is great. Yeah. But ultimately, oh, <laughs> yeah, Zach, that you can't hugging see it, it, but Zach out. and Peapot are hugging. Yes. That was but but ultimately, uh, just Zach. I mean, I mean, not Zach. Derek, go give Stay Tough some love and go go cop some merch. There's some rad stuff like, there. They have some sweet stuff, and we we rep their their threads like every day. Mm-hmm. Like there's not one time that I mean. The, Sam has a certain shirt that he loves from them. I have a certain shirt that I love from them. Dude, love I've shirt. seen some of their other stuff coming up that looks really it awesome. Looks, and that yeah, makes me good because so. me and you, Seth, are a little, bit, little bigger dudes, and sometimes yeah. bigger dude shirts aren't he'll, the best. He'll, yeah. he'll, 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 come, he'll make it he'll work. Sweet. Sweet. We, 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 we right. may or may not be uh, uh, working on a shirt with him, too, maybe. I don't know. Oh, Stay oh, tuned. Well, <laughs> if we want to get in touch with uh, Castanol Kings, how do we do so? Uh, social media is everywhere. I mean, we're everywhere. You can email us if you like. If that's your thing, you know. For business, for business purposes. For business purposes, yes. Uh, Castlenokings at Gmail. Uh, every social media you can go facebook.com slash Castlenokings. Instagram is at Castlenokings. Twitter is at Castlenokings. On Instagram, if you want to reach out to any of us, it's just Castle No, and then First each name. one of our names. Uh, so you can reach out to us personally. Uh, you can you can find us anywhere. All right. Yeah, I really I really appreciate it. anything else you guys want to add. Uh, thank you. No yes. problem. Thank you for having us. Thanks thank to, you. Thanks thank to you. Pat. Shout thanks out to Pat. Pat. Shout God. out to Pat. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, go check out Pat's band. I don't know how many bands plug Pat's band. Uh, I, I, I plug Pat's band uh, almost every time. Yeah, yeah. Say the name. No. Go, well, well, it's Ghost Native. It's Ghost Native. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yes. So it's, I didn't know. You need to go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Ghost Dude, Native. sick, too. Go listen to, go listen to them. Uh, and, of course, if you're interested in recording, uh, hit up Pat at Underhill Recordings. Uh, and, of course, you can follow us on all the major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, etc. cetera. Uh, we just dropped a brand new logo, so we got to fr- uh, freshen up after 50 episodes, so which is always rad. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's whatever the website is, backslash on the radar PC, on the radar podcast at gmail.com. And support us on Patreon uh, if you're interested in getting some in-depth look uh, and, uh, and a really behind-the-scenes stuff and uh, helps us support us uh, in our podcast and uh, – uh, for everybody here, I am Peapod, you are you, don't fight it, feel it, and I'll talk to you next time, and this has been another great episode of the On The Radar Podcast.
We want to take a moment and give a shout out to our friends over at Stupid Rad Merch Company. Now, Stupid Rad is a great Midwest independent punk clothing and accessory shop, and it's also the official home for merchandise for bands like Red City Radio, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, The Bomb Pops, and so much more. They're also really big into wholesale, so if you're into enamel pins, if you're looking for shirts to get printed, these are the guys to talk to. Go check out their website now at stupidradmerch.com. You can save 20% off their line of Stupid Rad Merch Company shirts, accessories, and so much more. Place an order, use RADAR, R-A-D-A-R, as a special passcode at checkout. Not only will you support a great Midwestern independent company like Stupid Rad, but you're going to turn around and help support us with the On The Radar podcast. Get rad with Stupid Rad and be rad by listening to the On The Radar podcast. 